This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit today more about self-care. So in the last episode, I it was really a little bit more inspiring you to plan for your self-care. And what I thought I would do in this episode is take the curtain, pull the curtain back to my own self-care practices as they look right now, just what I'm thinking about. And I just want to tell you, I'm so not perfect in this realm and I'm in a big transition point. So I'm hoping that what I share is helpful just to show you how, what the thinking is behind thinking about how we take care of ourselves, which I believe is one of the most important things for us as women to focus on because it's not something that comes naturally to us. In fact, it's usually something that as women, we kind of reject or deflect because we're so good at taking care of others. And I think that we live in this world where that's really seen as as amazing, which I agree with. It's amazing that we can care for others. And we do that a lot better when we are cared for too. And what I've seen over and over again for women who are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s is there's not, it's on us. It's on us to take really good care of ourselves. And that's why we're thinking about self-care. So this is going to be just kind of a stream of thought what I'm thinking about right now episode, and I hope that it serves you in that way. So one of the questions that I asked last week, by the way, if you go to last week's episode, if you go to the show notes, there's a planning sheet there for you to think about your own self-care. And one of the questions at the beginning of that is asking what season you're in. So I thought I would kick off by thinking about what season I'm in and trying to reflect that to you. So in terms of my body and my health, I am definitely in the season of perimenopause. I'm in that transition where things are just working a little bit differently. And there was a moment where I fought that. And there was a moment where I really came to peace with this is just what happens. This is the the flow. And there's things that I can do to make it feel easier And there's a part that's a natural, beautiful piece of the process of being a woman and being human. So I'm in all that. That's part of my season. 
Another really, really big part of my season right now is my kids and their ages. And this year, our oldest went off to college and our second child decided to graduate high school early and is heading off on an adventure next year. So all of a sudden, I am seeing that there's two of my three kids leaving home. And that feels like a really big part of my season. I had no idea how that would take me down in the way that it did. It didn't take me down, but it made me sad. It made me sadder than I thought it would. So that's happening. And then my third kid, kiddo is not leaving. She's only in eighth grade, but she is graduating from a school that all my kids went through and we've been a part of for, I guess, like 15 years now. And that feels like a big deal. It feels like it really does feel like we're celebrating an end of an era and we're moving into this next phase, which I know is going to be so wonderful, but I'm also just trying to honor, I'm in this season of trying to honor the transition and let myself mourn what I'm leaving behind as I step into what's next. So that just feels like a really relevant piece of this season. In the work front, it I was going to say it's, not, it's similar, but it's not. In the work front, I feel like I'm really stepping into my CEO role and what it means to have a team that supports me. And I share that because that's a big part of self-care for me right now. And what it looks like to grow and to flourish as a company and really serve in the most fantastic, amazing ways. And that takes a different part of me than sort of the more hustle energy that maybe was part of the last decade. And so I've been in this piece for longer than this year, but I'm just really honoring it. And it feels like now it's dovetailing with this home piece in a different way. So that's the season. That's all part of the season. I feel like I don't know how to describe this part as much, but definitely in my relationship with my husband, we are in a wonderful season and I'm just noticing that it's different and opening and evolving. And I just want to honor that, especially as I go into thinking about how I'm going to take care of myself in order to show up for that. I think those are the pieces. Oh, and then one of the other things that's happened is I'm in this season, I feel like I'm in this season of curiosity and exploration around just what's possible. And I'm noticing this at home. I'm noticing this in spiritual practices, and this will sort of influence what it is I'm sharing that I'm, I'm working on. But I just want to be really, I'm in this season of wanting to stay really open and not be closed to any possibilities. So that's just a, a gesture of this season that I'm in. And I feel like that's it. And the other thing about this season as a whole, and this, I can't quite tell yet whether this is my winter season, which is true that this happens in the actual literal winter every year, is that I go really in inwards. And then generally in the spring to summer, I come more out and want to create things. I'm feeling a little quieter than I have felt in past marches. So I don't know if that's just because it's snowing 
or because that's part of this, all the pieces of this season, but that's another thing that I'm just noticing. So I find that it's really, really important to get really clear about what season I'm in before I make any choices. And it's been really powerful, especially in my thinking around how I'm going to take care of myself. And it just looks different in different seasons. It looks different to take care of myself in a like really social time or a time when I'm chasing, I was chasing after small children than what's happening right now, which is definitely, you know, as a mother is more of an emotional time, right? Like, so all the work around uh, motherhood is much more emotional now rather than physical. And so just acknowledging those things, when it was physical, I needed, like my body needed physical things. And now that it's more emotional, my body needs, or my mind needs more emotional things, right? So does that make sense? So how, what season we're in really affects how we take care of ourselves. So that's me. That's the season that I'm in. And so when I'm thinking about my self-care, I've really been trying to be appropriate to this season. And it's interesting because even though I talk about this a lot and, you know, we're, we're teaching on this and we're planning around this all the time in, in Flow 365, I, you know, I'm, I'm human and I'm, I'm right there go, going on my next rung up the spiral staircase. And that old conditioning always comes back. And there's always that feeling of like, oh, I'm feeling like a little bit selfish or a little bit like there's too much attention on me. And so one of the shifts in this past season for me has been so many reminders about how self-care, there's nothing selfish about it, and how especially around around here, around work, if I don't take care of myself, we can't function at the level that we need to function. And I used to think that that meant that I didn't have a strong enough team or, or business, but that's simply not true because no matter what kind of team I have, I'm always going to be the one showing up to coach and do teaching. That's just like what I love to do. And what happened in my last season was some of those things were still true, right? There was a lot of sadness about kids growing up and uh, business was shifting and all sorts of things. And every time we went into sort of a a period of, of creation or putting things out in the world, I kept losing my voice. And I really realized how important it is that I protect myself and that I have boundaries and practices that help me stay really well in the exact season I'm in. Now, this might be too too much information, but what I've noticed in perimenopause is that when I go into my period, I have this, I can totally get sick. So my immune system just plummets for these three days every month or so. And I really have to protect myself in that time. So one of the self-care things, practices that I've done is I've really tried to, I can't guess hormones so much right now based on time because time-wise it's not working out so regularly for me, but I can't, there are signs of where I am and when my immune system is plummeting. And in those days, I need to take like impeccable care of myself It's around food, it's around sleep, it's around staying hydrated, it's around not 
being with anyone who's sick, even if they're in my house. Um, that's all what I'm, I, a lot of what I'm thinking about when I'm taking care of myself right now in, in respect to this weird hormonal phase that I'm in that we, we all go through. So that's one thing that I've noticed. Um, and one thing that I'm really learning how to, to protect is my, is my health and how to really stay well and what it looks like to stay well at different points. And it is different for me throughout a cycle. So I'm learning all about that. That's part of me taking care of myself. Another thing that I've noticed is that the exercise that I used to do doesn't feel like it's serving me right now for whatever reason. So um, one of the things I'm pretty committed to is getting outside and walking and being in nature every day. And that still feels really great. The fastness of the walk feels a little less important at this point, especially if, you know, it's at the risk of, you know, a snowy day or whatever, but the fresh air feels really true. But a lot of the more, you know, the longer exercises and the more rigorous stuff, I definitely find there's a time for it, but I don't feel as, I don't feel like I, it's like I need it as much if that makes, like it's a quieter time. Like I my body needs to move, but it's a quieter time in, ter in terms of rigor. So that's another thing I'm noticing. So I'm, I'm letting myself walk. I'm doing a lot of yoga, but like the yoga's different. So I used to always go to hot power yoga. And though I love a good hot class when it's really cold outside, it, my body doesn't want that daily right now. So I'm just listening to that. And sometimes I'll do a practice at home. Um, sometimes I'll do some stretches and sometimes I'll go to a class and sometimes I'll go to a different class now and I'll, I'll really listen to what it is that I'm wanting. So that's, that's something that feels like it's shifting. And when things shift, I feel like I also have to give myself enough time to be quiet because otherwise I'm constantly second guessing myself and thinking like, what do you, who are you not to go to that super duper power yoga class at 6am, right? So, so I, I catch myself on that still to this day. So another thing that kind of has to do with movement, but also has to do with meditation is I, one of the, like, we talked about in the last episode of when self-care becomes more of a to-do. And one of the things that really became a to-do for me was my morning meditation. And when I actually sat and meditated, it felt amazing and I could reap the benefits. Yet I was very sort of programmatic and I was really hard on myself when I didn't wake up at 6 a.m. And to be honest, like my my feet and my bum kept falling asleep when I was sitting in the way that I always sat. So then I would lie down and then I would fall asleep. I don't know. I just like wasn't feeling it. There's been moments in my life when just sitting in meditation has been like the best thing ever. And for some reason this winter, that has not been true. And I have a really good friend who I meet with every Friday. We have sort of a, a business mastermind situation going on. We just, we meet and we talk about our business, which is an act of self-care too. But he was telling me um, a few weeks ago that he had done a hundred days of, of Qigong. And there was something really like, I had knew nothing about this. And, 
but there was something that like stuck with me in my head after he said that. And one of the things about self-care that I'm, I'll tell you again and again, definitely at the end of this episode is like nothing that I say should, I don't want it to you to feel like you need to do any of these things literally at all. And I'm really careful not to let other people's self-care feel like a shiny object that I need to have. So I just sat with it. It was like appealing to me. And then um, Kelly, one of our teachers, and I might have actually told this story on the last episode. Kelly, one of our teachers, was doing the monthly route, and I happened to pop on to that one. And she was, you're going to hear from her actually in, in a few weeks on the podcast. I forgot about that. But she was doing um, a, a grounding exercise, and then she mentioned that what she had just done, which I thought was wonderful, was, was from Qigong. And so I was like, oh, there's that thing again. And so I, I don't know. And then, and then, oh, then we, I was going with my um, daughter. We just got back from a college tour and we went to Cropalo in the middle of it. That was the best, best act of self-care in the midst of college tours and looking at all these things to just check out and, and do yoga and learn new things and eat amazing food for a full day. So we did that. And when I was looking at that, uh, I kept scrolling across this Qigong class, which didn't actually happen on the day we went. But I, as I was looking into going, I kept seeing it. And I was like, this is just showing up too much. So about a month ago, maybe, I, I went on YouTube and I started looking around and I asked my friend Brad, you know, what he was doing to do his 100 days of, of Qigong. And I did a little bit of research and I just found this one video which I'll, maybe I'll put the link in the show notes. It was, it just, for whatever reason, caught my attention. And I listened to a couple and this one kept being like, that feels like my vibe. And so I've done it for, I'm probably on like 25 days now as we're recording this. And it just feels so good. And it's movement and meditation at the same time. And I feel this sense of energy that I haven't felt in my sitting meditation practice for a really long time. So it feels really good and my body feels really good after. And, you know, it's really subtle movements. I wouldn't necessarily call it exercise, but it, it just, it feels really good. And so I'm trusting that it feels really good. It must be good. And there's a lot of talk about doing this practice for a hundred days. So I'm just, I made it really simple. I'm not trying to find multiple things to do for the hundred days. I'm literally watching the same video. Every time I hear it, I hear something different and it's just fabulous. So that is a way that right now I am taking really good care of myself. And I love it. And it's caring for my body and my energy and my emotions. It really, it feels really holistic and great. So that's a, actually, I'm going to go there for a second because I don't know. I don't know if tangents are real or tangents are where, where it's all at, but this will be a little bit of a tangent is that, so when I, I, I shared recently that I don't, you know, I don't really know how I feel about this word self-care because I feel like it's been so overused and I feel like we all have our own relationship with it. And for me, the my relationship with self-care was it's selfish and all the things that I thought were self-care 
felt very like outward based, right? Like getting your nails done and getting your hair done and getting massages. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with those things. But for me, they ended up becoming more of a burden. Like I needed to get them done to somehow be taking care of myself and be feeling good. And even things like sleep and water, like everything started to feel more like to-dos. And when that happens, I feel like then we're not nurturing ourselves. And and I feel like self-nurturing is a word that my friend Kelly Grimes uses. And sometimes that might even, that feels even like it might be, I don't know. I don't want to say a better word to use, but maybe that's a kinder word for some of us to use. And part of what I think I was reacting to with feeling like self-care was selfish was that a lot of it was related, it was all related to outside, like not even necessarily my body, but like outside, right? So I guess my hair is technically attached to my body and my nails are attached to my body, but it was less about caring for my body and more about what my body looked like. And that affected how I thought about food and my body. And so one of the things that has really opened me up in the past decade, but really thinking about it differently in the past few years has been that myself, so self-care is my body, but it's also my, and my body, by the way, let's let's stay with body for a minute. My body, which also includes my mind. So there's, you know, all the parts of my, my body, including my mind and my energy, which is different than my body and resonates out from my body and my soul, which, you know, might be farther out or further in, depending on which way you look at it. And all those things together are our self. And so this piece that I was so, so focused on, and I think I'm not alone in that, uh, really was not all of me. And that might've been why it felt so out of alignment. And so now that I've included all these other areas, when I'm talking about self and taking care of the self, the pieces like getting my nails done, like that just feels like such a small part that it doesn't even feel selfish. And I can bring in all the other pieces into that. And it's also not the thing I prioritize first anymore, actually. So in terms of my body, I think I've covered some of those things, but this this Qigong practice has really brought together all, all four of those pieces. So body, mind, soul, and energy. It sort of, it works on all of those things. And I've loved, loved that piece of it. And in terms of my body and caring for my body, the other thing that I've been really stepping into is the food I'm eating. And one of the 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 thought think the thoughts that I've been really curious about and do get reflected back to me from time to time from this community is this idea that, you know, in order to be body positive, we shouldn't be worrying about food. And I definitely fell into that for a couple years, especially when I had a kid who was um, having trouble with food and was stressed out about food. And so for me, 
it's been really interesting to ask myself the question of if I'm really coming from a place of deep love and appreciation for my body, what does that mean I'm putting in my body and doing with my body? And that's been sort of the answer behind some of my self-care. And some of the things look similar to when I wasn't being so kind to my body, but they're coming from a much kinder place. So for me, I realized that for a couple years in there, when I was like, you know, why wouldn't I have that thing? That doesn't feel very kind to, to like my my brain or whatever, it really wasn't kind to my body because my body responds better, especially in this perimenopause phase, for example, without sugar. So I'm being much kinder and gentler with my body without sugar. And that doesn't have to like mean anything. It's just me really responding to this particular phase that my body's in. And in my twenties for better or for worse, like I ate a lot of gummy worms and that felt fine, but it just doesn't feel fine right now. So I'm really, really honoring that. I'm honoring my body. That's part of caring for my body. And yeah, so that's just feeling, that's feeling so good. And part of my body, as I mentioned before, is is my my mind. And I really have separated that part out, um, not like from my body, but just so that I am tending to my mind and tending to my brain and tending to my thinking in a way that I don't think I thought was worth the time before. But the more I spend time with with my thinking and where it's not serving me and where it is serving me, and I do spend a good portion each day on this, it just, it starts to bend time because it makes everything so much more easeful. And when things feel easeful, we just come up with ideas differently and faster and, and it just doesn't feel so hard. So spending time on and with my brain has been so helpful and a really important part of, of caring for myself, um, especially especially I would say in this season, I've been doing a lot of healing around just, you know, thinking that I, I took with me from different moments in my childhood and it just wasn't serving me anymore. And it takes some work to undo those thoughts and to come to peace with them and to create new thoughts and, and new pathways to new things. And that energy has been way worth it and has been really caring. By the way, anything that has to do, again, I'm telling you this episode is going to be all about tangent, but anything that has to do with like me journaling so that I'm working on my thoughts or me meal planning so I'm eating what I want to eat or me talking to a mentor or to that friend who I talk to about business every week or me going to a mastermind or me going to get my nails done or me every morning doing my Qigong practice, all those things go into my calendar and I put them all in as this turquoise color. The color matters less, but the point is, is that I make them all one color and I can see them and I can look at my week and see how I'm taking care of myself. 
And I'm telling you this because when I first started this practice, I just wanted to like turn all the things off and like delete a few of them and do different things or or make an excuse like, oh no, this conversation, that must be work. And you know, this conversation, that just must be like family or what I'm supposed to do. But the truth is, is that the more I've had the capacity to look at all that turquoise and it, you know, more and more comes every week, the more I can look at that and just feel the capacity to take that good care of myself, it shifts so many things. So I love that practice, if that serves you, of making it a color. And and part of the practice is becoming comfortable with being somebody who can put myself first, right? Take care of myself first, be worthy of that action. Because there was many, 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 many years where I almost thought I had to hide whenever I took care of myself because I thought if I was a good person, I wouldn't do that. And over the years, I started taking care of myself, but, you know, in in much bigger ways. But in the past three years, I guess, or four years of actually putting it in a color, it has really shown me where some of my limitations still are, like which areas that they're in or which area they're even in that week or when I get to a point where I'm like, oh, no, Mia, that's too much. That's too much caring for you. And from where I sit right now, I can tell that, you know, if I could get to a point where like 80% of my week felt like I was, you know, caring for myself, I like everything would be better. Like all the things would be better. Um, and it's not like I wouldn't be working, like, because I'll, I'll tell you in a minute how some self-care is part of my work. It's not that at all. It's that we're honoring ourselves and our needs in everything that we do. And I can see how powerful that is because I've, I've seen some of the wins from it. All right, so that was a really big tangent about color coding my my calendar. What else is happening? So I mentioned the Qigong. Um, One of the other things I've had a really weird relationship with over time, especially in motherhood, was this the idea of a morning routine. And actually in the flow planner, at the beginning of planning a 90-day sequence, we have a a piece about planning the, the morning rhythm and the evening rhythm. And I never intended that to be necessarily all about self-care. It's more about thinking like what serves you, what serves your work, your house, Um, like how do you want to start and end each day? And sometimes those things are very much for other people and, and not for me. And I've always also been intrigued by all these people talking about their morning routines. And I sort of had this story in my head that a lot of the really famous people who talk about their amazing miracle mornings are are men and don't have kids. And I, I just always felt that it was, I don't know, just not fair. Let's call it that. And I've experimented over the years. There was a long time when I I knew I really wanted a morning routine and I definitely could not have woken up at six and done it because a child, like I couldn't wake up early enough from my kid, like before my kids to make that happen. Um, And it never really felt that great to be, you know, go close myself in a room and meditate when they were there. And I tried having them crawling over me. I mean, I've done all these things with some success, but there's been this quality of a morning routine that I've 
sort of always wanted and never been able to get to. And I, I feel like that's part of this season right now. I'm not by any means 100% there, but this 100 days of Qigong, like that's happening. And I've been writing a lot every morning and planning my day. I've, I've been one of the big self-care things that I've been up to is I really wanted to lean into our own system. I know that might sound strange that I don't always do this, but when you make something and it comes from something you've done for so long, I, you know, there came a point where I was sort of coasting in my own life and, and I didn't need my own tools as much as I had when I created them. And then this phase happened that feels like such a big, it feels like just a big moment, like a big change of the guard or change of something, change of me. I don't know what it is. And someone was like, why don't you just lean into your own process? And so I've been doing that. And I've been waking up every morning and filling out my today page and really making it a sacred practice. And at the end of the day, going in and really understanding how I'm spending my time and you know, where time isn't exactly going how I want and where it is. And it's been just a really, really meaningful practice. So that's definitely been part of my self-care. And that's really my focus. So there on the on the body side, it's been about food. It's really been about simplifying food and really honoring what I need in this perimenopausal phase. Um, part of that has been leaning into supplements and really cleaning up my gut in a way that I had hadn't I don't I hadn't given myself permission to take to take on the commitment to as many supplements as I have been taking on in the past month and that's been great. Um, it feels very rhythmic and because of the season I'm in, I feel like I have the space for that. So that has been interesting. And then just this movement and really being into this movement. I'm noticing that I'm like starting to want more movement. So I don't know if my body was kind of in a winter phase. And now I'm I'm just trying to pay attention. I'm trying to be really aware of what my body is is really asking of me. And so there might be some updates on on movement soon. I'll stay tuned. My brain, like tending to my brain has been all about writing, really getting clear on my thoughts, um, working with my mentor to really get to the bottom of some of the thinking that may or may not serve me anymore. And and just be, becoming aware is so powerful in in making change. So that's been a really big piece of that. And for me, writing is is key. Writing is key to awareness and to really figuring out what's next. And then in in leaning into my own planning, that's really been getting clearer and clearer that the way that we do planning around here is really less about time management and more about energy management. So that's really been my, my connection to my energy and really putting energy first um, above all when I'm figuring out what I'm going to do or not do in a day. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things about this hormonal phase. It's also one of the biggest things about honoring sort of s sadness around um, 
someday being an empty nester, not yet, but someday, um, around having the first one leave. Um, and it's just, it's been helpful to be in that, that understanding my thinking and that, that pace. Um, what else do I want to say before we wrap up? And then the, my, the soul work. So I feel like the soul work is, it's been really important. And, and it's like, if planning, if, if I'm organizing my days based on energy, I'm getting centered around what my energy is, what that energy, like how that pairs with the different things that could happen in a day. That's me really tapping into my soul and the soul work of like, what's meant to happen right now? Like, how am I meant to show up as a mother? How am I meant to show up for you in this community? How am I meant to show up in, as a wife and to myself to take care of myself? So all of that has really been about about soul work. And the most caring thing that I, I've been in a pretty good habit of this for a long time, but the most important thing for me around soul work is just creating time for quiet. And I, I guess I would say that if anything got tested a little bit in the past seasons, it's that, you know, life has this quality of getting busier when you're not the one making choices. And the thing about having teenagers is that they're making more and more choices about how they're spending their time. And then sometimes there's more things to go to and more things going on and more places that need, we need, like somebody needs to be driven to. And so keeping that container of quiet, honoring that, another thing that actually that's, um, you know, made me have to really bring that back to consciousness. So I would say that 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 quiet to do that soul work is something that comes kind of naturally to me. It's something that I've always prioritized, even though I'm probably getting better and better at speaking about it or saying it out loud. But everyone being home for the pandemic and the fact that my husband um, has not is working a lot at home, that has made less time to be alone. And so I notice you know, just figuring out how to carve out space to be alone when you're in the company of others has been something that I have been paying attention to um, and is an important part of me caring for my whole self so that, you know, I'm I'm leading from that place of, of soul work. All right. That's kind of, that is, that is me in a nutshell right now. That's what's going on. It feels really simple. Um, this idea right now of taking care of myself, it feels less than any other time with the exception of the supplements. <laughs> um, it feels like it can just happen if I create space for it. The supplements feel like a full-time job sometimes. So I'm still getting used to that. There's like ones that you need to be on an empty stomach, one that needs to be a full stomach. Some are three times a day, some are one times a day. So that piece is like, that feels a little bit more to-do-ish and I do have like a checklist around that. But the other things feel like as long as I, I put that space in, in the calendar and I make sure that like work stuff that needs to get, can, can get done around that, I prioritize that, that piece of, of holding that space to do my Qigong practice or go on a walk or be quiet, that it all works out. 
All right. I hope that was helpful in some small way. Um, definitely listen to the other episode as well. I, f- I think that the exercise that was originally given to us by Nina Mandelson is really helpful of knowing what it is that you want and breaking it really down into 10 minute segments. So if you like that idea as I share it, definitely go check that out that episode and check out those planning sheets. And I'll see you soon. I'll see you on the next episode. We have some really, really exciting interviews coming up. I've been actually in a time block of lots of interviews this week, which is a way that I take care of myself to put things like things together so that my energy stays in in the right energy energy field or intact, I should say. Um, so there's some really fun interviews coming up, some just great content. So stay tuned for that. And pay attention on our website. If you're listening to this in real time, we have a workshop coming up next week. I've been really working on trying to simplify and communicate the benefit of planning in this flow planning way, which really taps into feminine productivity versus maybe a more masculine model that we've inherited. And I would love, love, love you to come if that fits in your schedule. So go check that out on the Plan Simple website and I hope to see you all soon. All right. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 